And now it feels like we... <laughs> <laughs> Nearly got hit by a portaloo door there. <laughs> <laughs> and now we are like on a, like in the, in the middle of a misty mountaintop. Hello and welcome to a very special edition of Sigma Sports Presents Matt Stevens Unplugged. And this one is a Tour de France fam Avec Zwift special. Now, if you've been listening to my coverage of the men's race, this is pretty similar, really. I've been roaming around with my portable recorder uh, and I'm just holding it in my hand now and taking off its little cover and looking at it fondly. Um, it's, um, yeah become quite attached to it actually. Uh, anyway, um, this little recorder or that little recorder has been capturing um, vignettes of my experiences out on the road. Now, however, unlike the men's race, I'm not recording these links on a rest day because they weren't any. No rest days allowed. Eight days of, to be honest with you, incredible racing. I hope any of you listening, I've no doubt that you did, watched it. Uh, and if you haven't, go back and watch it again because it was bonkers. So I'm looking back at each stage and reporting all the behind the scenes mayhem that I've encountered out on the road, um, such as uh, Haribo conflict with Manon Lloyd from GCN. Um, Leah Vaughan describes how she keeps ghosts, yes, ghosts, in fact, the ghosts of children out of a haunted hotel room. Uh, I actually got the meat sweat, the real life meat sweat from a steak that was uh, quite frankly the size of my head. There's a real-life human start line countdown in actual genuine French, or Francais, as the French say, and there's loads of top-notch racing as well. So, grab your favourite stool, armchair or lounger, maybe pour yourself a mediocre coffee, get comfortable, and feast your ears on the Tour de France fam, Avec Zwift Unplugged. Let's go! Or, as the French say, à l'aise. I'm here at the Tour de France Femme Avec Swift for Eurosport GCN, where you can watch every pedal stroke of every stage live, then rewind and rewatch again, live and on demand on Discovery+. Plus. Now, my first clips come from the first three stages of the race. I travel back to Clermont-Ferrand, where I'd visited only a few days beforehand whilst covering the men's race. And in fact, on my journey from the men's race to back to Clermont-Ferrand, I nearly run out of fuel because unfortunately I lost my wallet back on, in week two of the men's race, and I've only got Apple Pay. Um, and not many petrol stations in France take Apple Pay. I was basically running on fumes, sweating profusely. It was about 30 degrees outside the car, um, or just in general, but I couldn't put the aircon on for fear of wasting any more fuel. Um, and eventually, the fourth petrol station that I found, they did take Apple Pay. And um, I've never felt so delighted paying for fuel in my entire life. Anyway, um, here we go. Let's get into the clips. A um, little bit of a summary. Leah Vaughan, our producer, was buzzing about how busy the race was. Uh, lots of excitement and fans about the place. And then before stage two, I double podded. Yes, I don't think I've done that before, or have I? Um, I double podded with friend of the pod, that's, that's three pods, Rebecca Charlton, and almost actually missed the race finish because we were podding so furiously. Um, I actually thought we might lose our jobs. And I also had a Haribo conflict with Manon Lloyd. And then Leah told us how she survived a night in a haunted hotel chamber. Well, the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift is underway. I'm here uh, at the start. I'm just watching all the team cars rush by Uno X, Lidl Trek. Um, 
Wahoo, oh, Life Plus, etc., etc. Had some good chats. Chat to Eric Zabel, um, uh, one of the DSs at Canyon SRAM. Um, uh, lots of interviews. Who else did I speak to? Um, I spoke to Demi Vollering. Uh, it was quite a, a good interview. Had a good chat with her about her hopes. Of course, Cecilia Lutrup Ludwig, friend of the pod. Had a chat with her. Uh, Lizzie Dignan, friend of the pod. Um, so lots of friends of the pod. Uh, but importantly, the race has been given an enormously brilliant send-off here in Clermont-Ferrand. I was here a couple of weeks back, of course, for the rest day of the men's race. But now I've got a great little team. I'm here with Steph, who's a cameraman, an identical twin of, uh, of Bob. Uh, Leah Vaughan as well is here as part of our little team. We've got Manon Lloyd, uh, Iris Slappendel. So we've got a proper tight-knit little unit and they will come and do some... They don't know yet, but they will be doing some podding with me. And they thought, actually, Leah, this is my behind-the-scenes pod for Sigma Sports. Um, just give us a... Well, isn't it lovely? It's absolutely lovely. Yeah. That's the word for it. Yeah, I, um, it's lovely and it's busy, which it just makes you feel so good, right? About it, it seems as busy here, definitely. You don't want to compare it um, to anything. But if you do, um, it's definitely got the fan appeal here for sure. So, um, yeah, lovely being in France for the kickoff to the women's. Well, Leo's got the difficult job of uh, keeping us all on track, pointing us in the right directions. Uh, I akin to eating soup with a fork. So best of luck with uh, managing me and the rest of the team, Leah. But right, I'm off for a coffee. It's stage two of the Tour de France Femme, Avec Zwift. Um, I'd like to give it its full title. Um, I'm actually, I've been to the start, done a lot of interviews. It's really, I did one in French, which I was quite pleased with. So that went down okay. And the person that I, was it Muzak? Muzak uh, I spoke to from FDJ, French woman who was eighth last year overall. Something like that. No, I'm, 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 t- I'm speaking to myself, but I'm also asking for assistance from you in relation to first names. Anyway, so we had a cracking start in Clermont-Ferrand. We've driven uh, me and Steph, who's the identical twin of Bob, who was in the previous podcast. Um, you can't tell them apart. Um, it's just you just couldn't. Uh, they're like the Yates twins of Dutch camera manography. It's quite sweaty in here, isn't it? It's one of those days where it's sweaty, but also I put a jumper on for the first time. Um, to cut long story short, I'm next to Rebecca Charlton in the press room. Now, we don't normally come to the press room because we normally go to the zone technique for our NEP group of Belgians who give us a big RF camera, but we haven't got those guys because they're coming down from Paris. So I'm here in the press room and it's basically a basketball court. I've got a cup of coffee, um, which I would give a five and a half. Out of, uh, out of 10 um, but he's one of the sponsors of the race but I'm not, so not going to mention the name of the sponsor um, but hey we got some free socks off them so that's a bonus now I appear to be double podding so I'm next to Rebecca Charlton who's here podding um, and she's stuck a pod mic in my face on her phone so, so what's happening here Rebecca Charlton off the television Oh, I was, hang on, I don't know which microphone you're talking to. I'm just simultaneously doing both. It, this is a pod within a pod, pod inception, podception. It's like a Russian doll of pods. It is. Talking of Russian dolls, um, <laughs> on day one of our podcast, we went to an Airbnb where it said, go into the garage. And we went into the garage, and then it was going to the garage, and then within the garage, 
in the garage was a garage. You sent a picture on our other group, didn't you? One of our WhatsApp groups. That's the kind. That's the kind of thing that you hope to receive on that group. And you it? like maps and driving and confusion, don't you? It's one of the things that you're really fond of. That was very passive aggressive. There was one time. There was maybe maybe two, maybe three times where we've worked and travelled together, and I've been your co-driver, and perhaps. I haven't paid enough attention and we might have gone through the same toll three times. But we've moved on. I, oh yeah, we did, didn't we? I've moved, I've moved on, you've clearly not. Oh yeah, that was Zwift, wasn't it, in Belgium? Yeah. It was, wasn't it? And uh, we didn't stop talking for the whole trip, did we? Just because the silence was really awkward. <laughs> <laughs> we, I think we've had. It wasn't two, really. It was two, great. Two domestic fallouts, haven't we? I think. I went the other tavern last night, didn't we? When you invite, I said, "Are you free at quarter past six? He said, "Yes, but can you come and see the mayor with Kate, <laughs> uh, lovely Kate Veronu?" Um, and then I got waylaid, and so I had to cancel. And you sent me a very abrupt text with no emojis. There was not an emoji in sight. All it had was a full stop, which is basically an emoji in disguise, which says "f you." Sorry, I had to beat that out. <laughs> come to the finish line. <laughs> Did you did you have a little panic there that we'd we'd missed missed I thought where's my team Uh, and we've just completely nutly done our job wrong. So we're at the start of stage three. Actually, we're just beyond the start of stage three. We've done our interviews and we took a really torturous route um, to get to the start. Very picturesque, Um, and we are in a remote part of the Dordogne. Um, for the start of stage three. Absolutely beautiful countryside, but pretty remote. Now, we've just done all our interviews um, and a piece to camera for the show. Thankfully for us, the show doesn't open until about three o'clock. Um, but all of our stuff, all of our features, interviews are then sent, obviously, via 4G or 5G. Um, and we have a Starlink set up, but the signal was so bad we couldn't actually send any of our pictures. So we've just driven for about 10k in a convoy. We were following the SD Works team coach, team bus. We pulled over to the side of the road, and we're now trying to beam all of our. There's probably about 10 or 12 interviews, four pieces to camera, which we're now beaming um, from the top of our of our car. And uh, and Steph is in communication with Paris. We've got Manon Lloyd and sat on the ground um, texting for help, uh, clearly. Carrie's there looking relaxed. She almost um, came to grief in a ditch a moment ago. <laughs> then we've got Janine, uh, Mission Control, making sure we're all fed and has given us some lovely croissants. So that's the status quo right now. I'm looking over some rolling hills. Hopefully all of our bits that we've uh, worked hard to do are gonna get to Eurosport GCN. Um, and I'll update you in a bit, but the sun is shining and morale is high. Before we talk about um, hotel rooms haunted with the spirits of, of, of children of the past, just need to speak to Manon about the Haribo flavour swap mm. that we've done at the side of the road because we're, we're beaming in real time the images that we did this morning. And while that's happening, we're eating croissants, we're having a nice bit of chat, uh, almost like a team building exercise in the middle of a field. But primarily, what did we do? We're looking at two boxes of Haribo. What happened? And there, because there was some tension... Yeah, well, Janine offered you first choice of the Haribos. What box did you want? There was fizzy ones and then the kind of star mix ones. Um, And you went for the star mix. And I wasn't that happy with that. So I thought it would be fair to go half and half, which was, I think it's it's all worked out in the end. But 
you weren't the best pourer of the Haribos. And also, I haven't really seen Haribos in a box like that before. It's like a sharing box, isn't it? It's almost like one of those Mexican dip boxes that you get mm. from Marks and Spencer's or other supermarkets, um, but with Haribo in it. So we tried to transfer... We did like hot someone to the lid. You did it really quite well, but I, it's fair to say because of the the the, um, the sugar on the outside, they weren't sticking together. So I'm not even defending myself, but it's harder to tip my ones because they why were stuck make, together. Why are you making excuses? I'm not making excuses. You I'm are. just kind of being. I think I think the, the listener needs to just get a real context here, Manon. Fair enough. All right, you guys, you gave me some right side eye earlier on. <laughs> and, and Leah, looking back on yesterday, um, I've talked about the racing already, but you had a particularly interesting hotel room, didn't you? Well, I did, yeah. I was just updating the team here about a story I brought you all last night about the fact that my hotel room had a separate kind of antechamber, a separate room um, that was, uh, it didn't have any windows. It just had one door from the room, from my room into it. Um, and two small beds for children. It really genuinely looked like the kind of place that you would lock children away and kind of forget about them. Very flowers of the attic, as I referred to it last night. Anyway, I updated everyone this morning to say that when I went to bed last night, I actually put the chair up against the door. Of the antechamber. Of the antechamber. <laughs> just in case the souls of dead children uh, came back sometime in the night and tried to get out, mm. the scraping of the chair would alert me to the fact that they were trying to come into the room and steal my soul. Well, the first three stages of the race were absolutely sensational. Um, what a ride by Lotta Kopecky to take the opening stage, actually clipping off over the top of the final queen of the mountains and dropping down into Clermont Ferrand to win. I think it was by about, actually, I've got it in front of me. <laughs> she won by 41 seconds. That's the beauty of the internet, uh, just to remind me. And actually, the following day, I rode back up the climb that they descended. Um, I think they descended it in about six minutes. I rode it on my little Brompton in 35. Um, <laughs> there you go. It was uh, yeah, quite quite a ferocious a little climb, actually. Um, no, an amazing win by Lotte Capecchi, moving her in to the Mayo Jean. Um, next day was a um, another brilliant stage. Um, honestly, if this race was an album of music and you reviewed it in Enemy or Q Magazine or Rolling Stone, Mojo, um, as a reviewer, you'd say, this album has got no slack. It's lean. Every single stage was brilliant and and stage two was no exception. And it was well, surprisingly actually won by Liana Lippert uh, ahead of Lotte Capecchi. Real kick up to the finish line. It was wet. Quite a sketchy finish, um, and and Leanna Lippert rode really smart all all day, keeping herself out of the wind, and then showed her technical prowess as well by making sure that she hit that final corner, um, carrying a lot of speed because a lot of riders were backing off because it was so slippery, and then uh, outpaced um, one of the fastest riders in the world on a finish like that, Lotta Kopecky, for the win. So um, starting the ball rolling nicely there for Movistar. And then stage three, well, that one went kind of true to form, really. It ends up in a bunch sprint, um, won by Lorena Vibas, but it was the uh, breakaway of Julie van der Velde that nearly stole the day of Phoenix de Koenig. Um She was away to take mountains points to keep that in-house with the team and picked up a little bit of a tailwind and you thought we thought she was going to get caught and then just started moving away again. And anyway, to cut a long story short, as most of you will know, she was caught within sight of the line, but another vintage stage. 
So that leads us into stage four. And I was experiencing some very serious meat sweats. Um, I'm wondering actually if vegans or vegetarians actually have vegan sweats uh, where you just sweat lentils or, um, I don't know, onions. I don't know, never thought about that before. But I had the proper meat sweats because I'd eaten a very, very large steak. Um, and I had the meat sweats whilst enjoying music from the extremely loud caravan procession. And you'll hear the start line countdown in real genuine human French. Uh, also, Iris or Iris Slappendel gets emotional, actually very emotional, at the finish line of stage four. Well, as you can hear in the background, that is the very loud sound of the race caravan passing by. Uh, I'm here at the start of stage four now, nearly halfway. Um, yesterday's stage um, ended in a bunch sprint, a really exciting bunch sprint actually. Lorena Vibus just taking it on the line uh, from Mariana Voss, friend of the pod, who I spoke to afterwards. Um, we had a nice meal last night and a piece of steak larger than my head. Honestly, you could have worn it as a steak mask. Um, it was that big. Um, yeah, I'm still, I still got the meat sweats to be honest with you, but no, we're in Cahors. Uh, I'm teamed up with Kerry from our team today. <clears throat> She's the videographer, and, uh, and we're just being tasked with filming some Atmos shots ahead of the stage start. So we got here a little bit earlier than normal, and I'm currently watching, I've actually lost Kerry, she's wandered off somewhere. Um, I'm actually watching the UEE team parking up, uh, but at the same time, the race caravan is passing by. So it's uh, a little bit congested, as you can hear by the toots uh, in the background, FDJ. Uh, I'm looking at with obviously the FDJ, Francais de Jeu, many of you will know, many of you won't, is the National Lottery of France. Uh, and there's a big ball on top of a car and it's getting in the way. And there's a, uh, a young woman tethered to the float. They're all tethered for health and safety reasons. Um, so, yeah, the race convoy passing by. I've got a raft of interviews to do ahead of the start, but at the moment we're just waiting for the teams to arrive, um, which is good. And uh, here's Laura, has just arrived. Um, uh, wife of Nathan Haas, friend of the pod. How are you, right? I'm, it's my, I'm podding. You're right. We bumped into each other yesterday, didn't we? We did. It's the first time in I don't know how long that I've seen you since I missed you in Girona in like February. Was it that long ago? Is it, when is the last time I saw you? Did it I was it in Girona for, for the Sigma Sports shoot, wasn't it? Yeah. The Conago. UE team have just arrived. What are you going to be doing? You're going to be photographing for them, aren't you? I am photographing and making video content for Colnago here. So it's been great working with the women's team. A nice change after the men's Tour de France. So it's really, it's a lovely vibe at this race, isn't there? I'm flipping loving it. I absolutely love it. It is like everything that the Tour de France has always had and the mysteries and the, the feelings and the passion. Um, and finally, it's here for the women too. I, co I coined a phrase yesterday, Laura. Um, it's like it's got the beating heart of the Giro, but at, at the Tour. Oh my God, if only it could have the food of the Giro too, though. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, that's a very loud convoy. It's like being in a discotheque, but we're not, honestly. We're not in a nightclub. Well, the start line here at stage four, longest stage of the race, Cahors to Rodez. Amazing crowd here at the start, and the countdown is about to begin. Uh, I do love a bit of countdown, so I'm just going to let the uh, announcer do his job. Here we go. C'est parti. 
So I'm going to describe it. The entire peloton rolling off down the high street in Cahors. Uh, crowds thronging the streets from left to right underneath a beautiful avenue, dappled lights. Just flipping brilliant. Absolutely wonderful. What an atmosphere. Um, unrivaled access as well that we enjoy here at this race. It's an absolute blast to be here. It really, really is. Iris Slappendil, yes. uh, you're on the moto for us here on the ground, aren't you? And we're just at the end of the stage. What a stage it was, a stage of two halves. Uh, a brilliant win. Um, can you just describe the emotions that you felt? Because we're all attached to this sport, aren't we? And it is special, otherwise we wouldn't be here. So just, just describe how you felt. Yeah, I was a bit emotional actually in that last few kilometers when uh, yeah, I was behind her when she attacked and I saw her going to the to the finish and uh, yeah I mean the, I have a lot of times I get like goosebumps everywhere during this race but at this point I really got tears in my eyes and I think yeah, I know Yara a little bit but I just also I thought it was just so amazing how she did that final and that this team deserved the team uh, deserved the win so so much so yeah I just thought it was for a second then it just like yeah you get a bit of tears and then you're okay Back to work, but uh, no, that's it. it. it, it, it yeah, it, it's amazing. It is. I, I often, when I'm commentating, sometimes get quite emotional, especially when somebody gives everything, you know. But the um, thing is, they got the big lead, but in the end, she was running strongly. It wasn't just okay with the giving of this lead. She was matching the pace of uh, Lotta Kopecky attacking behind, wasn't she? Yeah, she was definitely. And I mean, she's a super strong climber. She's a really talented rider. And I've been saying it all week already, like, watch Yara cross the line because she could be a GC threat. And she told me at the finish that she's actually was aiming for, for a stage win rather than going for GC. But now I know she has that stage win and, you know, everything else is bonus. And that will also, you know, I don't know how to say that in English, but will set her free, kind of. So, yeah, I think uh, we will see more for from her and that team this week. But um, she was just, yeah, when you saw her, like, attacking and, like, going so deep. And it's also her style a bit. Uh, she, yeah. Like, it's rocking on the bike and going from left to right and grinning her teeth and yeah I just really love that she was going for it and she was definitely going as as fast as the riders behind brilliant stuff stage four uh, another absolute corker um, I mean just hit single after hit single in terms of stages uh, again I keep referring to this the race as an album because it's one of the best analogies this was an absolute dance floor filler of a stage it really really was um, Yara Castline took the win um, she'd been in a big move of around 20 riders or so now we, we we left for the start left left from the start so say drive to the finish got to the finish i went on my brompton checked out the finish line which is on top of a steep little climb uh, went to nep to look at the footage and this group had a 10 minute lead it was like whoa okay this this is pretty serious eventually the lead was brought back um but one rider clipped clipped off yara castline and solo to a phenomenal win um and a win that actually made their team owner, Philip Rumpoff, uh, actually smile and I interviewed him and um, I made him laugh. And he's the man on the Netflix Unchained documentary that hardly smiles at all. He's a very nice but very serious man. Um, so yeah, I felt quite a sense of achievement in making that um, 
Yeah, rather suave Belgian um, laugh. Uh, next up, um, it was stage five, and it saw the riders depart from Onay-le-Château on a rolling parkour to Albi, um, which sounds like one of your mates, doesn't it? Oh, we're going to go and see Albi today. Uh, but no, it's a place in France. Um, and I jumped straight to the finish line. Well, stage five is finished. Uh, another amazing day. Brilliant victory for Canyon Shram with Ricardo Baunfeld holding off uh, a reduced peloton. Um, an emotional win for Canyon Shram. Um, I spoke to um, Baunfeld at the finish in the mix zone a few minutes ago um, and uh, she was just elated. 23 years of age and uh, asked her when she made the decision to go. And it was uh, Magnus who said, you go. And she's um, a very good time trialist and held off um, a chase behind, a spirited chase behind. Um, um, but from Marlene Royster in particular. Now, we are just at our NEP truck. We pick up our cameras and stuff, parked next to the UCI van, and Anna van der Breggen is in the van um, appealing a 20-second time penalty that Demi Vollering got for following, uh, sitting on the, on the bumper of a car um, all the way to the uh, back of the bunch. Now, normally, you can sit on the bumper for 200 metres or you drop your rider off uh, and uh, in the convoy and they pick their way back up but she's been awarded 20 seconds that knocks her down to about 8th place overall so um, we'll see what happens so yeah we um, don't want to get too close here we go well just just to pick up on uh, me uh, yeah basically we were filming the UCI truck with Anna van der Breggen and one of her DS's and we still don't have a decision but anyway I'll let you know um, but we just stood here in the dust um, D, as the D-Rig continues around us. I'm really loving being on this race, actually. Um, it's uh, got the same energy as the Tour race. It's got its own identity, this race, actually. It's obviously classically the Tour, uh, the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift, but um, it's got its own wonderful identity. Uh, a little bit more familial, a lot more familial, actually, uh, than, the, uh, than the Tour de France, and I've really enjoyed being a part of it. And um, we'll get back tonight. And then three more days to go. Sprint stage tomorrow. Well, that could be, well, that might go up in smoke. It might, it might be a breakaway day again because the racing's been so aggressive. And then we've got the Col de Tourmalet still to come on Saturday. And then the final stage in Po, the TT. Right, I'm going to go off for a, yeah, I'm going to have a cool beer. Oh, what a stage this was. Again, it's another, it's another, it's another hit. Um, so stage five, um, finishing in Albi, another scorching hot day and a, an amazing um, solo victory by Ricarda Baunfeld. It was, she was riding for the Canyon SRAM team. She's a um, former under 23, I think she's the former under 23 TT champion or silver medalist uh, for Germany. And she nearly quit the sport a few years ago. And she was part of the development team for Canyon SRAM. Decided at one point, only a couple of years ago that she was going to call it, call it quits and then was persuaded to come back into the game and here she is she's won a stage of the Tour de France fam absolutely amazing um, but it was the style in which she did it uh, there was an, uh, a big selection on a on a day that we didn't think was going to be quite as selective as it was but nonetheless the heat the rolling parkour the aggressive riding and, and racing basically the race just fell away from the back it was almost like a world championship classic sort of selection and um, she attacked from the front with Claire Steeles dropped Claire Steeles uh, and solo to victory and the mastermind behind the victory was in fact a friend of the pod Magnus Backstead who who told uh, Ricardo when to launch um, which was um, 
which was a stroke of genius. But of course, um, you can say you can ask writers to do things, but delivering it um, in the in the in the way that she did was nothing short of absolutely magnificent. So on to stage six, uh, which was the next day, because um, stage races work like that. <laughs> I caught up with Leah um, about her role. Uh, it's nice, it's a nice chat explaining what she actually does on the ground for GCN Eurosport. Uh, and also how we'd accidentally all become quite sleuthy in a kind of Jessica Fletcher Poirot-type investigative journalist way. Um, and then I reflected on an incredible breakaway victory for Emma Norsgaard from my hotel room. Uh, and then I made some of my now famously accurate race predictions. Stage six has just gone away. That was one of the motos going by. Just watched the start. Um, yeah, quite an interesting morning actually for us. Lads. I've got Leah's just uh, our producer just walking past me. Leah, it's been quite an action-packed morning, in it, hasn't it? With all the controversy around SD Works and and our doing our job there it was quite. It was a bit more like investigative journalism, wasn't it? Yeah, it really was. It was very much chasing breaking news this morning, which um, for me is how I started my career. Um, so it very much felt like I was back back in the old days, yeah, chasing the story, trying to get the shots that we got on camera, which we did, which I'm delighted by, and I don't know if anyone else, else will have quite the same shots that we had, which is obviously what you're always trying to do when you're chasing news. Yeah, that's it. We have, we have a big hit list of uh, in the morning, Leo. Well, actually, Leo, explain to people who are listening what your role is, because you, you have to try and corral us all, don't you? Yeah. And also give us jobs to do. <laughs> and also, I would imagine at times, because I know I've seen it, it's, it must be like trying to eat soup with a fork with us lot. But, you, you know, just, yeah, what, what do you do? No, it's exactly that. I know what you do. Yeah, no, it is like, yeah, what do I, what, why are you here, Leah? What is your purpose? Um, no, so I'm um, I'm here to produce all of you. Um, and so there's a lot of direction that comes back from the producers from uh, all across the continent, all across the world, particular things that they want for their shows. Um, and it's a lot. Um, and so it's my job to make sure that A, that that's all collated, that's all scheduled, so I know exactly where we need to be at exactly what time to ensure that we get all of those things. That's my job. And so a lot of that, that is is great to pre-plan um, but we can do that half an hour before we get to site and by the time we arrive here on site as we saw today with the breaking news that we were dealing with it can all change but you're still working to that list and making sure that all of those territories all get exactly what they need so that's what I'm constantly doing all day managing you guys sending you guys in the right place leaning on you as much as possible because you are the experts um, and you know a lot of these contributors here um, but just making sure exactly that making sure that when we get to now because um, we've got a very finite period sorry I'm, I'm going on no, it's interesting it's super interesting but we've got a very finite time to get everything that we need to get as soon as the race starts that's it we, we don't get another shot at it so um, it's exactly that it's in the time that we have allotted making sure that I'm redeploying redeploying looking at where we need to go looking at what we need to get and um, that's my job there we go that was Leah Vaughan <laughs> now yeah we're just uh, de-rigging now and then we'll head off to the finish in a Blagnac uh, but yeah will it be a sprint day will it be a day for the breakaway who knows in this race but uh, it's been unpredictable but absolutely brilliant so far I'm in my bedroom um following stage six in a hotel 
in a place called Saint Gordon and the foot of the Pyrenees. We um, finished the stage, brilliant win by Emma Norsgaard from Movistar. Another, we thought it was gonna be a sprint day. Sprinters teams just got it wrong. I think they underestimated the power of the breakaway. Um, cracking move off the front, including um, another rider from Canyon Fram. The Canyon Fram team been having a absolutely um, amazing day, but it was uh, Agnieszka uh, Skalniak Suika who was there in the move. Um, she was swept up in the last 50 meters, uh, the Polish rider, but um, Norsgaard powered to a win. Um, crazy stuff. Uh, I interviewed Charlotte Kuhl, who finished in second place for DSM, and I don't think I've ever seen anybody so disappointed. Um, yeah, camera right there, giving her obviously some time to calm down, get her breath, and then she, her words were to describe the second place. It was a nightmare, and I think in the space of a very short interview, she used the word nightmare three times, just showing how how much a victory would have meant to her. And no more opportunities now for the sprinters. We've got the time trial on Sunday, and um, well, um, a massive um, climb tomorrow in the Pyrenees. Um, which should really sort things out, that is for sure. And that climb, of course, is the colder tourmalet. So, um, yeah, it's been a hot, hot day. Um, two more stages to go. Um, I'm very tired, but still super motivated. Um, nice room tonight. Not so good last night's hotel. Um, this is two star. But I think I'm in the nice part. I'm in the actual house next door. I've got like a suite. It's very nice. Um, with the mountains in the distance. It's a flat run into where we are. But you could see the mountains at every, every couple of minutes or every few metres on the road getting closer in the distance. Um, as the sunset, special place, the Pyrenees. Well, all the mountain ranges are special, but the Pyrenees has an identity all of its own. Verdant green. Yeah magnificent and um, big stage tomorrow yeah so I'm going to get an early night had a couple of beers last night so I'm going to get an early night now because it's the uh, the queen stage tomorrow before we wrap things up and we'll have to see what happens um, will it be Annemiek van Vluten who uh, takes the lead takes the yellow jersey on the stage uh, it certainly won't be Lotta Kopecky she's in the lead at the moment will it be Demi Vollering will that 20 second time penalty come back to haunt her she was disappointed when I spoke to her at the start today um, but again still pragmatic realistic and in fantastic form but I think we're going to it is ultimately I think going to be a duel between those two on this climb unless there's a real surprise because they are out and out the two best climbers in the world and what a scene so early night big big day tomorrow again I'm going to for fear of repeating myself an utter stone cold classic of, of a song uh, of, of a stage that I think will be played um, for decades because it was one of those breaks where the three riders were clear that you just know is going to come back everybody thought this breakaway was going to come back because there's only there was only one bunch sprint in the race and the opportunities for sprinters were few and far between so the sprint teams all kept this breakaway on a very tight leash 
don't think it ever maxed above two minutes and it was floating at around a minute 10 um, all the way into the finish. Um, but somehow the three rods out in front kept on persisting. In fact, there was another rider from Canyon Tram in the move and it was Agnieszka Skalnek Soika and also a, um, a Spanish rider, Sandra Alonso of Seretizit uh, WNT. Now, Sandra Alonso got dropped with about 5K to go, um, but Skalnek Soika and and Norsgaard went into the finishing straight together and somehow, somehow, um, Norsgaard found the strength to surge clear. She's a very fast sprinter, not a pure sprinter anymore, but she's got some strength. And she opened up her sprint and matched the pace of the bunch behind. And it was, um, yeah, Charlotte Cole who um, who finished second just in front of, of the yellow, late yellow jersey, Lotta Kopecky. And I don't think I've ever seen um, such a contrast in the delight of the winner and the disappointment of, of finishing second on that stage. But again, um, so, so rivetingly entertaining. On to stage seven then, which was the queen stage of this year's uh, tour with a mountaintop finish on the fearsome, the iconic Calder Tourmalee. Now, this was a stage that would decide the yellow jersey. A real cat and mouse affair, lots of tactics, lots of brave riding as well, some surprises in the mix. Uh, and then the final stage was an individual time trial in Poe. And at the finish line, or the start finish line, they're essentially the same thing, uh, only a couple of hundred meters apart. I caught up with my former teammate from my Linda McCartney days, Dave McKenzie, who works for SBS Australia, um, who demanded a photo. Um, we've done the beginning of stage seven, um, did some pieces to camera. This is the iconic stage, this is the big queen stage of the race. We're finishing up the Calder Tourmalet. So we've come ahead, uh, logistically a challenge today. So I've come ahead with Leah and also with Steph to, we're the only team that's gonna go all the way to the top because parking is so limited. So we're surrounded by fans who have polka dot jerseys on, Leclerc polka dot jerseys, part of the caravan giving those away and we're about to do a little vignette, a little piece to camera to go in the show, just an introduction to the climb, and a little bit about the weather conditions as well. It's quite, wouldn't call it benign, but um, the clouds are rolling in. It's classically Pyrenean weather. It's still very mild at the bottom, but at the top it could be a different story. So I'm gonna dash now and do a little bit of a uh, bit to camera, then we're gonna shoot on up the climb. And that was the uh, one of the lead cars giving the fans a bit of a toot. So we did that little piece at the bottom of the Tourmalet, um, which was quite nice. Nice reaction from the crowd, all clad in their spotted uh, free t-shirts. We've now driven to the top of the colder Tourmalet. Um, we had a bit of an incident at the top. Um, we parked, then we had to walk up a steep slope to get to the NEP. And uh, poor old Steph. Um, what, what fell out of your bag, Steph? Because we walked up a steep bit of cliff to be here at the NEP now. Um, what fell out of your bag? Because it was quite funny. It, well, not for you. It was a cover of a MVP, and it was like not really necessary, but we couldn't let it lay downstairs. So we, had, we walked up, we looked how it fell, we stayed there for a while, and then we walked back, and back up again. We're back up again. Very pragmatic approach there, uh, but it was very, very steep, actually. Uh, but there was a point of no return, really, Elia, wasn't there? Because we... It looked shallower than it was. Then we got to like three quarters of the way up. We couldn't go back. We had to forge on. I mean, I mean, we're essentially explorers, but without crampons. 
exactly that. I don't even know what a crampon is. It's one of those things you wear on your feet if you're a mountain those. climber. Yeah. Right, yes. No, we definitely didn't have those. Yeah, it was um, it was pretty much vertical, Matt, as you know. But that's how versatile we are as a unit, isn't it? We're, we're a mobile digital unit and we just go anywhere. Yeah, exactly that. Always anything to bring the pictures to the people. That's what we're here to do. And we are indeed. We're sat here with the NEP folks um, watching the footage you can hear. You can hear Danny Christmas and Danny Rowe commentating with Marty. Um, and as I dictate this, we've got 29 k's to go. Um, and Annemiek van Vluten has torn this race apart, basically. Three of them up the road. Um, there's the yellow jersey just going over the top. It's really cloudy, actually. It's a strong tailwind, super cloudy, foggy. You can see on the road, but we can only see probably about 100, well, 50 metres away uh, from where we are. So it's a proper atmospheric, actually. Um, Leah's got nuts. I've got M&Ms. We're good to go. Well, what an amazing climax to the stage. Demi Vollering just blew that race apart in the end. There's a standoff between her and Annemiek van Vluten, uh, which, which, of course, we saw Cassie Duodoma profiting from. But I'm just sat looking at uh, Ashley Milman Passio, sat on the floor, exhausted. I had a lovely chat with uh, Cassie Duodoma just across the line. Um, we've just got in front of me now, there's a, a phalanx of uh, press just around Annemiek van Vluten, who I think might have slipped off the podium. Demi Vollering as well, emotional scenes as she crossed the line. Um, the roll is, the, the kind of fog is rolling in here. It's uh, an amazing day uh, uh, and a cracking day's racing. Every day is delivered. Uh, but Annemiek Van Vloot, and actually, look at her, she's managing to crack a smile there, which is wonderful. The sign of a true champion, but yeah, really pretty emotional scenes at the top. So we're just walking down off the mountain. Uh, well, to our commentary point, not our commentary point. That's all right. Um, we literally, on top of the mountain now, visibility is down to 10 meters. Um, just on a bank of interviews of all the uh, the jersey wearers. And yeah, we're going to turn left here. There's a. Uh, uh, that was actually. Um, what's his face? Thierry. Uh, Thierry Gouvenou est également c'est la Prudhomme Prudhomme c'est là aussi il est là c'est Prudhomme oh Prudhomme yeah. uh, tous les deux but actually there, but there is all about Marion Rousse yes of course excusez-moi excusez-moi uh, so basically uh, me and Iris are walking uh, behind the scenes in, in the zone technique um, Iris what a day yeah yeah, I don't know. I st I'm still processing it. It was such a weird day. Uh, yeah, I, I can't believe actually it's only a few hours ago that we left in a on a beautiful sunny French town in wherever it was. Can't even remember. And now it feels like we nearly <laughs> <laughs> got hit by Portaloo door there. <laughs> <laughs> and now we are like on a like. In the, in the middle of a misty mountaintop. It's, it's crazy. We are. I mean, it's and not so only foggy, it's so dark much, as well. It's 8 so, o'clock. Yeah, and so much has happened in between in those few hours. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty amazing. I've talked to you about the race. It was explosive. It was the racing. Actually, just one word on racing. It's been brilliant, hasn't it? Yeah, I think it's uh, actually the fact that it's been so unpredictable today, especially, was really great. And I think it's cool to see that you know, there's been, we've been talking about this stage for months. And I think that's also the pressure that, for example, 
especially Vollering and Vleuten feel like all eyes are on them and they have to put up the show today. And of course, I also understand their tactics. They're looking to each other. But then a rider like Nima Doma taking advantage of that moment, being also an, an, a crazy descender. So, you know, the, she, she did that really well. Uh, that brought an, an extra element into the race. And then also Kopecky, who was able to hang on, hang on for so long, that also brought another element. So I'm still like, when I'm thinking about it now, I'm again, uh, like, like struggling to get the whole thing, the whole everything out of my mouth, basically. We need more than just a two-minute bit of pod- podding. Anyway, we're going to head back down the mountain. Leah's got her umbrella. We're going to hopefully find the car. It's that foggy. We might not find the car. We might have to camp up here in a portal overnight. Right, I'll catch up with you in a bit. Right, won the finish line here at the final stage of the Tour de France fam, Avic Zwift, the longest race name in the world. Uh, Underworld male teammate, Dave Macca-McKenzie. Oh, hey, you're appointing for SPS, mate. And uh, by the, just to put it in context, ex-teammate Lynn McCartney, we were roomies when he won the stage of the Giro. I know, I remember, I remember. You know, <laughs> the, last you thing, you know the last thing you said to me? I don't know if you remember this. We are going to bed and I was lying there and I was actually half drunk. I'd had that much to drink <laughs> celebrating and you said, you asshole! You've just won a stage of the Giro. I'm going to try. I'm going to go to sleep now. You're probably not going to sleep. That was it. You went off to sleep. I lied there wide-eyed for about five hours, but it was good, wasn't it? I was. Oh, the days. Yeah, Twenty-three years ago, mate. Twenty-three years ago. Back in the day when there was one rest day. I mean, this two rest day business. I don't know. Oh, it's, I mean, it's garbage. Yeah, it is a little bit, isn't it? Yeah. But, but what about this race? But it's been, this, mate. Hasn't it been? Sensational! It is. It is awesome. It's. I don't know about you, uh, because we've had twelve Aussies. That's such a massive feat for us, for Australia to have twelve Aussie women. They've all been superstars, as I'm sure you guys do. You, you follow closely the English of course you do, and yeah, the English yeah. speakers. So I'm super proud of the Aussie women, and, and a lot of these women I've watched since they were, you know, juniors coming up through the ranks. And Jess Allen's a classic example. She said, "I never thought I'd get to race a Tour de France because it didn't exist." And she said, you know, they had 14 women on the Jake Alula squad, all 14 wanted to race it, but only seven get to start. So for her to just to start it, she's so humble and she epitomised sort of, you know, what it feels like for, for, for not just an Aussie woman, but all women who get to race the Tour de France. And isn't it special? No, it's been amazing. Uh, it's been, uh, well, there's a lot of tension today for the podium. I mean, Demi Vollering's race to lose now, isn't it? Um, she won't uh, lose. She, and she won't. She can, well, uh, she, well, yeah, it's her race to lose, isn't it? She won't. Right, yeah. Fingers crossed she doesn't, of course, but there's a real battle for the podium. I, I'm tipping Lotta Kopecky to come to, to get on the podium, mate. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll tell you what, if, if the roads were wetter, I would absolutely have tipped her in because she's probably got the best skills of that top four or five. But even so, she's the Belgian TT champ. She'll produce a good ride here. I mean, when was the last time you saw a sprinter riding front group up the Col de Tomelay? Uh, Sean Kelly, 1984. <laughs> oh, there you go. Oh, no, a long, long time ago. Who's the, who's the smart aleck? <laughs> no, no, no. But it just doesn't happen, it's does it? True. And it, it was brilliant having a chat with her. I don't know if you spoke to her in the mix zone yesterday. She was like, I think I'm as surprised as you are. I think I might become a climber. And even Anna van der Breggen yeah. was like a little bit surprised, but I think Anna believes more in Lotta than Lotta believes in herself. Yeah, and that's th- what managers do though, isn't it? Yeah, it's true. And look, I think Lotta was, she is obviously, you know, you see it sometimes. It was like Julian Alaphilippe a few years ago. You know, he won the TT here in Poland. Yeah. No one would have predicted that. Even though we predicted Lotta Kopecky to win at least one stage, 
she's ridden, she's come here in, in exceptional form. Everything's just clicked. And and for pro riders, only they know that. They know when you're on, you're on, and just everything works right. You make all the right decisions. You, you're at the front when it matters. When the crosswind splits, you're there. You've got good legs on the climb. You're great on the descent. You make all the, you know, all those right calls, and that's what she's done. She certainly has. Well, I've uh, got a couple of hours before the final riders come through. Cheers, Dave. Cheers, mate. Good to see you. Now, listen, you still haven't given me that photo. What do you? What do you? What do you think you're above me now or something? Which, which photo? The photo of us two. Yes. Let's do it now. Okay, I want it. Right. Okay. Well, uh, the dust has settled on this, the final stage of the Tour de France Femme Avic Zwift. I'm actually stood backstage looking at all the uh, the flowers that are going to be given on the podium. Just done an interview with Magnus Baxter. Obviously, he's a good friend and a friend of the pod, but a good friend. And uh, they've had an amazing race, Canyon Sram. Emotional scenes, him embracing Cassia. I'm just looking at the back of the podium. Cassia with a wonderful polka dot jersey on, about to go onto the podium. We've got the Prime Minister of France just a few feet away as well. Um, and we're just going to move around to the this amazing crowd as assembled here in Poe. And it's kicking off big time. What a race this has been. It really has. So the final podium. Uh, of course, Demi Vollering takes the win. An amazing ride by Lotta Kopecki to take second place, a thousandth of a second in front of uh, Cassia Nuiadoma. Just brilliant. You can just hear the crowd. Représentant les Pays-Bas pour la formation SD Works Pro Time, c'est Demi Vollering. Demi Vollering avec le maillot jaune parrainé par NCL qui remporte la deuxième édition du Tour de France Femme avec Zwift. Elle est félicitée par François Bayrou, un maire de Pau et président de la communauté d'agglomération Pau-Béarn-Pyrénées, Yeah, stage seven, it delivered on, on, all, on all fronts. Uh, an amazing standoff almost, um, tactical standoff, um, cat and mouse tactics, almost like track track standing. And I think at one point, Annemiek van Bluten, well, she did, she, she pulled her brakes on. Um, there with Demi Vollering in the valley in between the Aspan and, and the Colder Tourmalet. And, and that allowed um, Cassia Nuiadoma, another friend of the pod, to... Um, to go clear well she'd actually already gone clear on the descent because she's such a good descender she'd opened up a gap on the pair um after matching the pace and the accelerations of the world champion on the clo on the slopes of the aspa and then basically just rode one of the races of her life uh, and we all know what the result was but uh battling brave performance um by by cassia but ultimately demi vollering looked supreme didn't she she looked calm all day long she had the, the, the bonus and, and the surprise bonus of Lotta Kopecky in the group behind. And nobody expected Lotta Kopecky, even Lotta Kopecky herself didn't realise she'd be, she'd climb so well. Um, she was there and that allowed Demi Vollering to play a bit of a tactical game, um, which in turn allowed a little bit of a gap to open. But, but ultimately, uh, Vollering picked her moment, five Ks to go, and there was nothing anybody could do about it. And she romped home. I think she won in the end by one minute 50, Cassia finishing a second. And to see how deep these women had gone on this climb was uh, it was incredible, actually. Um, and it's just it's, it's just been a shame that we've had to wait 23 years for the next time. For that was a lot of time the elite women have actually raced up the Col de Tourmalet, and and long may um, it continue because it was it was a race for the ages. It, it really was. Um, and the mist closed in. That made it very difficult to drive back down again. 
Um, and then, of course, the final stage, the time trial, Marlene Royser went into that stage as the big favourite, of course. Um, and she duly delivered, um, but she had she was working hard the previous day, but then pulled the pin, um, famously at the bottom of the Calder Tourmalet, um, with about or with about twelve k's to go, and lost twenty five minutes in <laughs> in ten or twelve k's in order to just save herself for the final stage. Um, and there was a real battle for the podium spots coming into the final stage, um, although it was Demi Vollering's race to lose at that point, and there's no real way, barring accident, that was going to happen. There was a real tussle for the podium, and unfortunately for Cassia Nuiadoma, um, uh, Lotta Kopecky just managed to roll her by the slightest of margins to move her into uh, second place overall. So an SD Works 1-2 and also winning four stages, um, but Cassia holding on to her podium spot and the polka dot jersey too. Um, to round out what was, well, quite uh, a quite magnificent race. Uh, so many lovely conversations with people in and around the race, managers, riders, fans, old friends, who um, just looked just delighted. And um, and the thing that separates, I think, the Tour de France Farmavics with from the Tour de France, it's the same beast really, but uh, but it, but it's it's also different, enormously different, and it, it's far more familial. Um, the Tour de France is enormous, almost. Not too large, but I think it's it's just enormous and all-encompassing and highly pressurised, and therefore there's a, a, I think sometimes a bit of the charm um, is lost with the tour because of its just size. It's a behemoth; it, it really, really is. Whereas I think if I was to use a, a cycling analogy, I would say that the Tour de France Femme avec Zwift is the Tour de France, but with the beating heart of the Giro d'Italia because of that familial side and that real charm, that romance and that unpredictability. Um, I just look, I just can't wait, hopefully, all being well, to go back uh, next year because it was nothing sh- short of, of, of brilliant. So, there we go, the Tour de France Femme with wrapped for uh, another year. My next plans, I'll be perfectly honest with you, I'm going to give you my immediate plans, although... Um, they would have happened by the time you listened to this pod. I mean, this, fr- this pod is freshly baked, but even more freshly baked is my Domino's pizza. This isn't an ad, but I've ordered a Domino's. So that's what I'm going to be eating next. Tomorrow, I'm going to be lying down a lot. The following day, I'm going to be lying down a lot. Then I'm off to the World Championships. But we do have some more pod action coming your way. Um, yes, yeah, so a big rest, I think, is needed after nearly a month on the road. This podcast was produced by Noel Gaffney on behalf of Hot Chili. And thanks to all of my colleagues at Eurosport GCN for putting up with my nonsense out on the road. Um, They really did help make this pod what it was. We had an absolute blast. But most of all, thanks to you, the listeners, for continuing to listen to this pod. So be sure to like, subscribe and rate the pod. And want to recommend it to your cycling friends or anyone who might be in imminent danger of getting walloped by a portaloo door. Cheers all, stay safe, and au revoir.